This is Straight Talk Uncut, recorded on January 19th, 2016. My name is Tellus. Thank you guys for joining me for this episode of Straight Talk Uncut. And I want to uh, get into talking about an article that I came across. Um, and it's about this lady, this artist, a self-taught artist by the name of um, what is her name? Helen Downey, a London-based artist by the name of Helen Downey, who at the age of 48 years old decided to start painting. And it's good she did because it seems that not only did she start uh, painting, and I think it was just like on a whim. She wasn't expecting any sort of uh, career from this, but um, she ended up gaining some some uh notoriety from from her painting so here's the here's a story at the age of 48 helen downey uh she had been i guess she was on drugs she had been clean for about 10 years or excuse me 10 months and uh and she was also diagnosed with breast cancer so that sparked her to um to take up painting and if, if I read it, I forgot. I'm not sure if this was something that she wanted to do like earlier, but you know, you know, life happened and then she didn't get to it or it was just something, um, you know, she, she decided to pick up. But at any, anyway, she, she, uh, started posting her pictures on Tumblr. Was it Tumblr or Instagram? One of them, either Tumblr or Instagram, uh, because one of her kids, one of her son's friends, you know, told her, hey, you need to, maybe you need to start putting these online somewhere. So she did. And I could be, this is, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to go, I guess I could bring up the story, but I'm trying to um, talk, uh, tell you guys how I remember the story because there's so many, there's so many, um, there's a few different articles on her. So I'm trying to go like back and forth and, and, and sort of put the story together. But anyway, so she started putting up, putting the images on uh, on on Tumblr or Instagram or both. And, you know, she started getting a lot of likes. Actually, it was Instagram. I brought it up. I'm reading it right now. So she posted on Instagram at the suggestion of her son's friend. So she started getting followers, started getting, you know, people commenting and, um, you know, saying they they liked her pictures and started getting a lot of followers. Now, let me let me interject right here. I've heard I I have an Instagram and I have a Tumblr, but I I don't I if I posted anything it was like T-shirts I you know at, at one point in time you know how it was going around where if you ask any anybody about social media um, there was a time where people were saying you should be on every social media platform every one of them. And so I did that. I, you know, I, I created a Twitter account, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, all of those. And I did nothing with them, with the majority of them. Um, and it, and it was because, um, for one thing, it's, it's just too much. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not sitting around, you know, I, I guess I could, I, I've been, I've been trying to figure out how to do this, how, how to do this social media thing. Like where, where do you fit the time in? And I guess if I saw, and actually this story made me see 
some of uh, the reasons why, as an artist, as a visual artist, why. But I just couldn't see the reason behind twittering every little thing I, I do. I couldn't see the reason behind like posting everything. I, I just couldn't see the reason behind it. And I guess, like I, I, you know, I still don't see the reason for Twitter. I still don't. I still don't see my my. I, I mean, of course, people use Twitter and it benefits them. I it, Twitter doesn't resonate with me, so I don't use it. So now my thing is, when I see stories like this, I say, okay, I can, I I understand why why you should use things like that. But on the other hand of that, I, I for some reason I have this thing in my mind to where if if people if too many people see your work. Like say I want to create, I want to sell prints of a, of a piece of work, or, or I want to put it into a book format. If too many see, people see it online, I mean, especially the way the internet is today with Pinterest and Instagram and all all of these video, Flickr, five hundred pics, all of, all of these visual um, platforms out there. It's like you, you have to, you can't just sell a print. You have to you have to give someone a, a reason, like especially if you're gonna show it out online, you have to give them more of a reason to want to buy it physically. It has to be something different, and I haven't come up with that yet. And so I guess that's why I was just so. Uh, that's another reason why I'm so hesitant to just put pictures all online because, like, who wants to buy it? Because I know I've seen, um, I've seen um, pictures online. Or say say there's a book I want to buy, and I and I go and I find like all the pictures online, either in the artist gallery or something, of of you know what would be in the book. And now I'm like, well, why why get the book? You know what I mean? Like why get the book? And then on the other hand, some artists they will show all of their pictures online, but then the book will have a certain kind of print or a certain, or, you know, have something different to where you want the book. You know, maybe the, the, the prints will be printed on uh, a, a sort of paper that has a texture that you have to feel, you know, uh, for Christmas, my wife, I'm gonna get back to this story, but I'm just, I'm just tell you what I'm, uh, what I'm getting at. For Christmas, my, one of the only things my wife wanted was a picture of a current picture of, of my three daughters. So I was going to go with, you know, something really artistic. Like, um, I was going to do on like a canvas or a watercolor paper or something like that. You know, I pretty much, uh, I did the pictures myself, of course. And it was, uh, I, I, I actually captured all three. I took the picture of all three of my girls in the same setting, but at different times, because one of the hardest things about, any parent that's a photographer know this. Like your your my your kids or your family is the hardest people for you to take a picture of. It, it, actually, I want. I mean, I, I've heard that from a lot of other artists, but I know that's my case to the point to where I don't even want to de deal with them. So what I did was took all three of them because I wanted to get their real expressions. Like you know, I want I wanted to get. I didn't want. I don't like cheesy smiles in any of my work, let alone on my own kids. And, um, so I took all three of them separately and, and, you know, took collage the picture 
and it looks like it was taken, you know, all, it, it looks like they were all taken together. But I ended up printing on metal, a metal print. I ended up getting a metal print. And that's because, uh, you know, I already have pictures of my daughters in Canvas, and I have, um, you know, uh, all, all other other prints in the house of different papers. So, but I wanted, you know, I wanted to do something differently. So that's what I did. And she was totally stoked. She was totally surprised about it because she wasn't expecting that. So in cases like that, I think when, in my idea, like, you know, if I start putting pictures out online and stuff like that, um, when I offer something physical, it, it's going to have to be something different. But anyway, so this lady, Helen Downing, um, so she started posting on Instagram. Good for her, especially if, you know, she, she's late in age. Well, not late, but she's 48 and just starting a new, you know, starting to do these paintings. And um, so it looks like she caught the attention of uh, of Gucci. <laughs> so she, she caught the attention of Gucci and was recently hired. Well, recently as relate as related to this art to this article hired by Gucci to create like, you know, portraits, I guess of, um, some, you know, portraits of, of some of the, some of the, uh, offerings of Gucci. And if you look at her images, when I first saw them, even before I read the article, cause the, the first thing, when I come across the article, especially by the artist, the first thing I do is look up the work. And when I first saw it, I immediately thought, um, like, uh, fashion illustrations, and, and and before I finished reading the article, that's what I thought she was going for. But I guess she wasn't. You know, I thought she was going for because it looks like a fashion illustrations. Like if you look at like the old old magazines or look up like old um, illustrations of of fashion, that's that's exactly what it looks like. So she was hired by Gucci to to create some um, work, and she was invited to Fashion Week. Is that what it called? Let here. Yeah, Fashion Week or fa some sort of fashion, big fashion show. And and so now you know, two years later, she has a a new career as an artist illustrator. And it all happened just from. You know, I I guess you know you you read a lot you read a lot or you you know you see a lot of times when people get diagnosed with these, these things and, or some tragic happened. And then all of a sudden they take, you know, they take on these new careers and, and become not only take on a new career, become like instantly successful at it. And I don't think it's instantly. I think this is stuff that was harboring for so long, but it took something like that, you know, being diagnosed with cancer to bring it out. And that led me to this other article uh, about, you know, when does, when does like creative genius happen? When does, you know, when, when do they, you know, they say, you know, you born a genius. Um, but you know, she's 48 and there's other cases where artists, I mean, there's a, there's a long history of artists who didn't artists and artists and creatives and people in, outside of like, you know, traditional, um, careers that 
sort of hit their stride after like 30s, 40s, 50s. Matter of fact, there was an article, I I'll probably talk about it later, but but I remember reading it, a lady who was having her first exhibit at age like 90, 98 years old or something like that. I have to find that article, but I remember reading it. She was 98 years old having her first art exhibit. So there was this study um, of why major creative breakthroughs happen in your late 30s. And I, and I had, you know, it caught my attention because I was like, why late 30s? So there was this guy um, or, or this organization that did this study. And it was called the, actually it's a newspaper. And it, it's called the NBER. I'm not even sure what that stands for. But I'm, I'm going to summarize this. But basically what it came down to was, it's a mix of a lot of different things, but I'm I'm going to tell you my theory of it, because you know I'm 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 the expert, right? No, I'm just, I'm tell you my opinion. But this this study came to the conclusion that when you're dealing with theoretical th theoretical type uh, endeavors, either either theoretical or like abstract fields you know, like physics, um, art, any, any sort of creative career fields or creators, creative areas or anything that is not concrete when you're talking about science and things like that, like physics, anything not, that's not concrete in those, in those realms, there's, there are no constraints. So you're, you're free to think outside the box because there's really no box. Even though within within these career fields, people try to make a box, you know, even, even in photography, people try to make a box by saying you have to, like, if you look up, the, if you look up cameras, if you look up cameras when you're talking about photography, it's, it's almost like there are only two, like, like, well, now Sony is making a mark, but amongst professional, like, quote, professionals, you would think there's only two camera makers, Nikon and Canon. You would think there are no other cameras that even has a, 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 a any business being in the hands of a professional. Now that's that's right on the top surface, top layer. Now of course, if you if you look if you like look seek a company like if you look up Sony, you find that yeah, Sony the mirrorless cameras are being talked about. You look at Pentax, you you learn, and I shoot Pentax. And when I say I shoot Pentax, that means that's the camera, that's the digital camera I own. I also own a, a Zeiss Icon from 1937 or something like that. I, I told you about that. I also, I also own two Polaroids that I converted to film cameras. So when I say uh, I shoot Pentax, that means the digital cameras I shoot with are Pentax, just happen to be Pentax. I don't, I'm not loyal to any, in, in, unless some some company start paying me to be loyal. I'm not loyal to any any camera, but within the realms of photography, you would think there's a box. There's no box. The, the, in the industry try to make a box. Anyway, that's that's another that's a rant for another episode. But so so this this study was was saying that because of the schooling of certain career fields like medicine um, or like uh, 
in anything dealing with to where you have to have school, you know what I mean? Like you, you have to have these iterations of higher learning that has to be, you know, you have to have some sort of physical diploma. You are constrained within a certain age range simply because you have to get through those, through those uh, different iterations of higher education. But in the case of arts and things like that, you're free to break out whenever you want to because you don't have to have any schooling. And the fact that a lot of artists don't achieve, they, they were using the word genius, but what I want to say is notoriety until after, um, until after like thirties, it was called is because I think we put our own self into a box or we constrain our own selves by, by, you know, whatever reason we don't think we're good enough yet, or we, we don't want to show that work yet. Even this lady, even this Helen, and, and I can understand her case this Helen Downey. If you try to find a picture of her, the closest you would get, well, the closest I got was a picture of her with her face covered by a picture she created. And and she's purposely, you know, she want to create some, uh, or she want to, you know, have some sort of le level of, you know, uh, anonymy. Anonymy? That's where she want to remain anonymous at a certain level. Um, but you know, you know, like, I mean, if you, if you do a search for artists who broke out after 30, Claude Monet, you know, he was, he was 33 when he created, um, impressions of sunrise, but it wasn't to his forties, you know, all the work that you remember that, you know, Monet for that stuff was created in his forties. Um, um, Mar Marina Abram Abramovich, she's the lady that does these, uh, what, what are they called? Like, um, what's the word for like, not installation, but like performance art. She does these like, um, real controversial, like performance type art. You know, she wasn't, it wasn't until she was like 42 or something like that. When she started doing these types of, um, performances. I mean, she, yeah, she did stuff before that. Claude Monet did stuff before his forties, but it wasn't until after those ages that we, that's what, that's what they're known for. Robert Frost, you know, he, he was like 39 years old when he started publishing his first collection of work, but was he known before then? Yeah. I mean, he had stuff out before then. And there's a whole, even Alan Rickman, uh, you know, he just died here with this, was it this year? Yeah, he just died in in like two weeks ago, a week ago, not even a week ago. What's the date? Nineteenth. So like four or five days ago, he just died. And people know him from just most people today know him from Harry Potter, right? I know him from Die Hard, Hans, and Die Hard. He was the you know the the evil mastermind. And and you know what's funny when I look back on 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 uh, the first Die Hard, you know he was in that that building. Was it a hotel or airport, something like that? No, yeah, it was a was it a hotel office building or something? And I remember that guy being so cre like creepy. Ali Rickman, he played Hans something. What was it? Let me let me look it up. Hans or oh, Hansel? Was it Hansel? Hansel? Let me see. I gotta look this up. Is gonna kill me. Alan Rickman, Die Hard. What was his name? 
Hans? Hansel? What did he... What was the name of the guy he played? Gruber. Yeah, Hans, Hans Gruber? Gruber? Hans Gruber. Right? So I remember him from, from that. That's what, you know, when I saw him in Harry Potter, I remember him from that. He did some things in between, but my first memory of him... When I when I saw the first Harry Potter, I was like, "It's, it's dude from from uh, Die Hard, right?" And that was Die Hard was what eighty the eighties, but but most people remember him from you know from the Harry Potter, and even before Die Hard, he was you know he was he was doing stuff before that, but I think most people you know in my generation remember him from Die Hard, you know. And it was almost like, oh, he became this ex, but he was always doing stuff. You know, it's just that it takes time to to get past. And this is this in my case, it takes time to get past a certain mark to where you stop putting yourself into a box and you just say, you know what, it's about me now. Even Dr. Seuss, Dr. Seuss was what in his in his forties or something like that, if I remember when he, when he started. Um, Writing the Dr. Seuss books, of course he he was a writer before then. But what do we know him from? We know him from from the doctors, the chi- the kids books. And he was uh in his forty when he started doing it. So this study that I was looking at that I was reading, it was it was saying, um, yeah, there are constraints on on um you know on these fields where you have to have a degree, where you where you have to go through these iterations of school. That's that's coursed out, that's tracked out for you, and really, you you don't have you're not thinking for yourself. In those cases, they're they're thinking about what do I have to know to do this job to get this job, and, and that's it. But when you're an artist, the reason I think the reason why artists don't more artists don't break out until later in life is because, and, and, and I'm speaking for myself. I talk myself out of it. You know, I talk myself out of, uh, actually I didn't, I, I let someone talk, but you know, it's, I, I, it's still my fault. I let someone else talk me out of it to where, you know, it, it's for, so I can say, Oh, he didn't talk me out of, it. I, I made it on my, on, on myself. Like, you know, that's not really what I want to do. I really want to major in computer science. I really want to uh, make this money in, in computers. That's, that's the future. I really want to do that. And it just took so long for me to realize that you can, again, I think I talked about this in, in, in the last episode. You can be good at something, but it, but is that is that what you want to do? You know what I mean? Is that what you want to do? Is that what you want to read on your headstone? He was a good computer scientist. He was a good he was a good lawyer, and that's cool if that's the case. In my case, it wasn't. Even even I, I still have people. Asking me why did I leave old career fields and I was so good at even real estate. I still have people calling me ex-clients who have referrals calling me because how I treated them. Calling me, wanting me to help their friend, help their mom, help their dad either sell or buy their retirement home. I still have people doing that because I was good at it. But there were so many other aspects of it that I hated, that I couldn't stand. 
And, and yeah, and, and I was just like, I just couldn't, you know, I, for five years, I was, a, I, I owned my own, my, my real estate business. And, and I just, it just got to a point to where I just had to quit fooling myself. Like, you know, even though you, you're good at this, I, I love helping people. Everything I did, every kind of sales job I did were, they were all the type of jobs that are known for being the, the snake pit of, of society, real estate agents, uh, sold cars, uh, insurance salesmen, all of these things. And it was all learning experience for me. And, and I did, I, again, every one of those, I, I was never, I always had people tell me that I didn't fit the stereotype. And I always told them, I don't, but I know why the stereotype is there because I work with those people. Out of 10 people, you probably find two that didn't fit the stereotype. And in, 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 in defense, a lot of them, they became the way they were because of the stereotype, of, because people expected them to be that way. So they just started being that way. So back to my point that I think um, we go through these like like on our in our own on our own like mental path to to sort of find the real thing we want to do because being creative is not it's not real right you know the, these people who who make a living in the arts they're not real people right that you know I can't be one of them because they 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 only re- exist on on TV they only exist in books and magazines they don't really exist right uh, you know, Robert Frost made, you know, he made a living writing poetry. He didn't, he didn't really exist, did he? <laughs> you know what I mean? Dr. Seuss, he wrote these, the cat in the hat. Did, did he really exist? Or is that, or, you know, who do, do I know anybody who really knew him? You know what I mean? So it's like, it's like you, but you are working with people who work with computers every day. You work with people who say, you see, you can, I can go down the street drive, you know, 10 minutes down the street and see a car dealership and see people that sell cars. I can go, you know, when I pick up my daughters, I can see teachers and principals. I can go uh, another uh, 20 minutes uh, down, the, down the block and see into the fire station and see firemen, you know, cops waiting in the school zone. I can see, co- I can see those people all the time. So those, those are the people that exist. And so you try to you know, you, you try to beat down that spark of artistic genius that every kid is born with. You know what I mean? Matter of fact, let me read, let me read this. Um, where, where did it say? It said, uh, let me, let me find it here. Let me find it. It kind of, this, this article kind of contradicted itself. Where is it? Give me a second. This is straight talk. This is uncut. So, all right, here it is. Contrary to common belief that genius emerges in the young, it's been found that major creative breakthrough tends to happen in our late thirties, but new talents can emerge at any point in life. So where it says contrary to common belief that genius emerges in the young. Okay. All right, so it, it it don't emerges in the young, but I think I think genius is there when we're young. 
specifically creative genius. I think creative genius is, is there when we're young. And then somewhere along the lines, it's it's is 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 knocked out of us. You know, it, it it vanishes, it disappears. And you know how they like when when I was when I was growing up, my mom, my grandma, they were always like hospice nurses, right? And a lot of so hospice mean the the, the their their uh, charges will eventually die, like soon. <laughs> but one one thing I remember, I remember this one old guy my mom worked for. He was in a wheelchair and he always had this water gun. And every time I would go to work with my mom, he would, uh, he had this water gun. He would be, you know, squirting people with water guns. And, and at the time I just thought it was odd. Then my mom explained to me, like when people get older, when, you know, older people get older, they start diverting back to things they did when they were a kid. So that's why they have to be taken care of just like they're a kid. So that's one of my theories. When you get older, you start going back to all those things that used to be in you when you were a kid. And now is the time to either do something with it or just totally give in, throw in the towel, and then you're done. And I think this is what, when when people get diagnosed with these, these tragic uh, diseases and things like that, it comes out and they say, oh, you know what? I don't have any more time left. I got to do this. You know? Or it comes to a point like in my case, when you hit a when you when you finally hit the level at that job to where you say, who who the who am I fooling? Thinking this is gonna be my life. Who like who who am I fooling? I may be fooling a lot of people, but I'm not fooling myself. And that's that's when it was the you know it was like it's do or die, and I think that's what happened to a lot of people like. Um, they get to a point and that thing that they always wanted to do, they they get to a point and realize, I don't care what anybody else thinks. I'm gonna do this. You know, I'm 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 just gonna do it. And and now you're at a point where um you're seeing the same things you saw before, but now with with more mature eyes, because now you have wisdom, you have experience, you have all these other things on your side to visualize it now. You know, you, you had that spark when you were young, but still your vision was immature. And now you still have those same sparks, but now your vision is more mature and you see it more clearly and you're less able to be distracted by outsiders. Like outsiders don't even bother you no more. You, you, you've lived life. You've been through so many things. You've earned your stripes you 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 earn your cuts and your bruises and now it's like nobody can tell you what you can't do you know what i mean and that's that's the point i got to i was like no but nobody can't tell me no even though they still try and it's like now they it's with a hand in their face because it's like go go find somebody else i know the game now i know what to do now i know that you don't mean any harm i know i know but you know pretty much look at look at your life are you doing what you want to do so you know say that for somebody else um but i got i got i got my thing to do uh, my my top, my clock is is winding down i only have a few years left to do this if i'm lucky <laughs> that's the way i started looking at it
You know what I mean? I told you the story about my neighbor. That's that's when it hit me. Like, you can you can work out, you can exercise, you can do all this thing, man. But you're not you're not promised. Even even your body your body may be here tomorrow. Your body may be yeah. Let's not even go as far as death. Your body may be here tomorrow. Your body may be here next week. But will your faculties be there? Will you you know? Will your mind be there? And that's when it like it, I I it woke me up. I was like, oh man, I hear, you know I'm I'm thinking, I you know we all know the talk, the the clock is ticking, but we thinking about the physical. We're not even thinking about the mental. We we because it, you don't see you don't you know you usually see somebody's either either here physically or they're not. You don't think about yeah they're here physically, but are they here mentally? So what happens when that goes? <laughs> you know, so it, you know that when I when I when I saw this article about this lady Helen, I was like, man, it just it just brought so much to my attention of the the need to 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 get on it more, and and it actually, um, you know, because I was struggling with this this social media stuff, like, well, you know, I was still trying to find a purpose, and I just found, you know, I just realized. I was putting too much uh, thinking into it. That's the thing. I was putting too much thinking into it, which leads me to the next thing I want to talk about. Putting too much thinking into things like thinking, thinking things to death, like thinking it to death or researching it to death and um spending your time learning useless knowledge like you can you can you can look up any article on why to use social media and you'll be doing yourself a disservice it almost have to have to happen by accident like like it did with me you almost just have to don't go the approach of trying to figure out how to use it like like how to use it on on a um theoretical level of course you want to know how to use it on the technical level but even then just learn the basics don't try to learn every in and out of it like i've been using photoshop since like ver uh, like version 2 or something like that version 1.4 or 2 and when i first started to use it i wanted to learn every everything there was to know about photoshop and then you know what happened. Once I got thought I had it down, you know what happened. It, it changed. You know, and even now, Photoshop, Photoshop, like on Creative Cloud, Photoshop changes like, you know, a monthly, if not weekly basis. So it, it, does, it doesn't even make sense to try to learn every in and out. They may move a menu. They may move a, a, a tool, an icon or something. You, you just learn the basics and then you know, go, go from there. You know, I use lynda.com to stay fresh on it, but that's even when I was, when I signed up for Facebook and Twitter and all this stuff, I wanted to learn everything there was to know about Facebook. And I think that's what threw me off because right after, you know, and, and, and you know, I, I started using this like in this first iteration before you can put videos and pics and stuff on it. So that had a lot to do with why I didn't, um, see the reason for using it because I'm not a big text person. I'm not a big writing person, especially with Twitter. So when I went back to Twitter, 
when I went to look at Twitter, like um, there was a link I had and it was to a video on Twitter. It was it was a few months ago, and I was like, you can post videos on Twitter now. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it makes me sound old, it, but it just once you once you like turn your back or stop looking, paying attention or something, man, it's like even a month today is like years, you know, and even with Facebook, you know, I, I, I use, um, if then, if this, then that to post to Facebook. But even when I did it, you can post pictures, but not like video like you do now. Now it's like videos all over the place. So I think that had a lot to do with why I didn't, um, take to it at first. You know, I took the Pinterest pretty good when I, because it's just pictures in, in Instagram. Uh, I think I take to in Tumblr. Reason why I didn't take the Tumblr because I use WordPress and I thought they were the same thing. I'm like, you know, why, why mess with Tumblr when I, I, I do everything in WordPress. So, so, you know, I, I was thinking too much into it. So don't spend your time like trying to learn everything about something because it's just useless. It's going to fill up space. You can be using for, for, things that you actually need to know or things you just want to know for your, for yourself. Don't like learn something because you think you have to know it. Don't, don't, um, like, you know, don't, don't just try to learn something for the sake of you saying, Oh, I'm, I'm in on that. Like these people that want to, they want to be like, learn every in and out there is to know about a camera that they don't even own. Get a camera, and learn that like there there's a new Pentax. I, I got the K3. And then right after I got the K3, the K3 two came out. I'm not gonna even bother with it. And then now there's talk about a full frame uh, Pentax coming out called a K1. And if I get that, the only reason that I get that is because I've never owned a full frame camera and I want to see the difference. But I'm not in a hurry to get it because I know the first iterations of tech when it comes out is is that's that's the beta so these people are going to be buying up the the beta version you know that's i mean that's still so much I, I every time i use my camera i just did a little uh tabletop project and i was i was doing stuff i was like oh you know i was using the um the live view mode which i i really normally never use i you know i used to think what's the point of a live view mode but when you're doing tabletop photography or studio still photography that live view mode is 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 almost like shooting with like a like a um you know like a, a view camera. You know, you set up your set up your uh L C D to show the grids and everything, and it's I mean it's 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 a it's a breeze. Matter of fact, you can go to uh tellusphoto.com and and look up look under like um I put two new links up. One is called products dash eyewear and one of them's called products dash wristware and that's just a product I, uh, a, a little project i did over the weekend sort of by accident <laughs> you know it was a uh, someone contacted me about a gig and if i could do they uh actually have like a antiques like an antiques um site or something like that or antique store and they needed somebody to do product shots and i was like i you know i was like I, of course you know I could have just said, yeah, I can do it. And then went to, and then figured out how to do it. But I was like, product shots. Let me, uh, now I see, and I, and here's the, here's the thing about it. I like steel photography, but I'm thinking, I'm not thinking in the same realm of steel, like, like steel fine art, like steel life photography. 
as being anything close to tabletop product photography. When in actuality, it's, it's very close. I mean, you use more dramatic lighting and things like that with still life. In, in uh, product photography, you know, you can go pop and drop, which is just dropping and popping, meaning just dropping the product down, you know, having your, your tabletop set up, all the lighting don't change, and then going from that. And that's sort of what I did when I did that pro project, but I, I tried to change the lighting up a little bit just to, you know, just because I it, it just got too boring. <laughs> so I just changed up a little bit, but yeah, I, I've never done it. And when I did, I was like, yeah, nobody would see that and say he's never done this before. It just looks like anything else, any other sort of product photography. So now I, I got a new thing under my belt. I say, yeah, I can, I can do that. But my point was, you know, with this camera, I, I never really shot with the live view, never used a lot of those functions. And like, why, why would I get a new camera when I, I don't even know 10 to 20% of what this camera can do yet. You know what I mean? I, I, I shoot in manual, so I don't even know a lot of what the automatic features are, what the automatic features, features can do. So, you know, but a lot of people, they, they can talk all day about cameras and they can call themselves a photographer or, or artist or whatever. Right. And one of the first things I do is if I'm listening to a podcast or looking at some, somebody's YouTube channel about, and they're talking about gadgets, they're talking about paintbrushes, they're talking about this and that. I try to find their photo gallery. I try to find their home site, their website to show the work that they're used, they're creating with this knowledge they have. Now it's one thing if they, if they call themselves like a, a, a gadget geek or something like that, then yeah, then you, you know, they just know gadgets. But if they call themselves a photographer and, and you can't find photographs that they've created, get the, get the fuck out of here. It's like, what, you know, so don't be that person. Don't be, well, if you that person, who give a shit? I'm not that person. You know, I can't sit and talk about every camera. I can, I can barely talk about <laughs> the camera I have, you know, but I can talk about composition. I can talk about my process in creating a picture and I can show examples of, of my work online. So don't, don't, don't like fill your mind up with useless information so you can say, you know it, you know what I mean? And I think that's what happens after you get a certain age, you stop caring about knowing information just to say you, you know, stuff you stop, you stop caring about not knowing you're more comfortable with saying if somebody come to you was asking you or trying to talk about something you don't care about, you don't know about. Yeah, you say I don't know. I don't. I don't care about that. Like when people try to talk to me about sports, cause I have an athletic bill. They try to talk to me about sports or football. I'll be like, yeah, I don't watch. It. Don't don't know it. You know, and they look at me like, what? I'm like, yeah, I don't. Mm, don't don't uh, don't don't. I can't remember last time I watched a football game. The oh, the closest thing I can probably talk to you about is MMA, UFC, or something like that. And I don't even watch that anymore. It's so it's become so like every other sport. You know. I talked to you about uh, my kids' basketball game last Saturday. <laughs> you know, I can I can talk to you all day about that. And then when uh, soccer soccer's getting start up, I can talk to you about soccer, my my kids' soccer game. That's about it. So, so don't you know? Don't waste your time trying to impress people with your knowledge. I'm not impressed with people's. Now I'm impressed with pictures. Like this this lady Helen Down. I'm impressed with her pictures. 
You know what I mean? I I, I don't give a shit. She she only started it when she was forty eight, and she probably can't talk about art like some some seasoned scholar or collector who never created a who never laid a brush to a canvas, but who's you know who has a, a fucking PhD in art history or something. I don't give a shit about that. Can you can you can you create a piece of art? And I'm impressed with this Helen Helen Downey's artwork. You know, I don't know a lot. Like there's a lot of things I don't know about, and I'm I'm, I'm totally comfortable saying I don't I you know when I don't know something. That's one of the, that's one of the biggest frustrations my wife had with me when I said I don't know. Like I if I don't know I don't know. I can find out for you, but no, I'm not one of those guys that that think they know everything. I don't, I don't know. But I can find out. I can Google some shit. I can I can look it up. There's a message coming in. So so I don't know a lot, but what I do know, I can talk straight about. And that's what straight talk is about. That's what that's what that's why I created this. I don't know a lot, but what I do know I can talk straight about. I do know this though. When you when you live life, and I came to this this conclusion, I came to this epiphany myself. When you live life with a shallow mind. You know, just just for the sake of others. When you live, when you live a shallow mind for the sake of others. And when I say a shallow mind, meaning you you not living openly like you want to. You you not learning the things you want to. You not experiencing the things you want to. So that's a shallow mind. That's a shallow life. When you do that for the sake of others, it's like riding a roller coaster with your eyes closed. My we we went to we go to we do vacations every year, and we usually try to stop by a. Um, amusement park and we went to uh bush was it bush gardens when i had this when i did this experiment or was it uh no it was it was it was see was it see where i can't remember but it was the ride i can't remember the the name of the ride was the manta ray i can't remember if that's in what the hell is the manta ray that's a sea world yeah sea world right so i wrote it and this this we we usually go in like october so there was no lines we were riding back to back to back. So I rode it, rode it the first time. Awesome. I mean, crazy, just crazy. Me and my oldest daughter. And so I told her, I said, okay, next time we ride it, we're going to close our eyes and ride it, right? So we closed our eyes and rode it. And it was not the same. And I and we, we actually laughed about it. I was like, that is crazy that it wasn't the same. It was, it was just like, you know, whatever. So that's when I was, it's like, and I, and I thought about that. I was like, man, when you live life for the sake of others with a shallow mind, it's like, it's like riding the roller coasters and, and closing your eyes throughout the whole ride. You can say you rode it, but you didn't experience it the same way that the other people did who ride with their hands up, right? And that was the other thing we did. We, we, we rode the whole way with our hands up and our eyes open. Then that's the total thrill right there. Or another example. When you live your life for the sake of others or, or with a shallow mind, and and this I do know, it's like I I, li- I like jazz. I used to play saxophone. It's like listening to Charlie Parker with the volume down. Now here's the story behind this one. When I when I shave my hair, when I cut my hair, at the time I had dreads, so I was just, I'm pretty sure I was just trimming, and uh, I had Charlie Parker uh, salt peanuts, salt peanut. I had that playing, blasting. You know, and this is before we had uh, kids. I had I had it blasting in the bathroom in our little 
little like one bedroom. I think we yeah you know, we had two little two bedroom apartment. My wife came. She was like, "Hey, can you turn that down?" She hates jazz. She hates jazz, classical. She was like, "Turn it down." I was like, "All right." So I turned it down. Wasn't the same. Wasn't the same at all. I I couldn't, especially when you listen to old jazz, where you know the it, I mean, it's no, it's 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 really all treble. There's no bass, and you have to play it loud to hear all the instrumentals. You know what I mean? And I even think this was this probably wasn't even in stereo. It was an old CD player I had, and um and I and I had it turned up so I could hear all the you know all the highs and lows and, and everything. And that's just the way I listen to music. Even even to this day, I have to have I my you know it still pisses my wife off. I was like, okay, if I can't if I can't crank my music, I'm gonna have headphones on all the time. So I walk through the house with headphones on, and when <laughs> even. Even when nobody's here, I have them on because I, I've, I, you know, we've been together, you know, 16 years. So I've just gotten used to not blast blaring my music like I did when I was younger. So I just wear earphones. And to me, is that's the, you, it, when, when you listen to re, a live band, a li, live music, instrumentals, you got to play it to where you can hear all, you got you to play it when you hear it all. Now, this new music today with all the bass and stuff, it's not so much. You don't have to really, um, it's in stereo. You don't, you know, the, the, the quality is better. You can get more out of it on, on a lower volume than you, than you can do with, you know, old, older music. So it's, it's a little bit different, but that that's the analogy. I had. And the last analogy is when you live life, <laughs> When you live life uh, for the sake of others and with a shallow mind, it's like eating cheesecake with your nose closed. And this is the, this is the thought behind it, or this is the experience, experience behind it. Um, I, I I tasted cheesecake factory cheesecake for the first time about probably five years ago, four or five years ago, right? And when I did it, I had a cold. My nose was all clogged up and I had it and I was like, I, I don't see. And at the time it was like, it was big. It was like, I can't remember what I was watching or what, you know, but at the time it was, it was a big deal. The Cheesecake Factory. And I was like, first of all, I had never heard of it, but go, we were traveling from um, somewhere in Denver. I think we had like an arch, a craft show and we were coming from Denver. We stopped at the Denver mall and we saw they had a Cheesecake Factory. We are like, oh, I heard about that. I didn't even know there was one, you know, we had one this close to us. It was about a, hour and a half away from where we live but you know we stopped at the mall on the way home uh back to colorado springs and so we we got a few pieces for the road <laughs> and i had a piece and it was like i didn't i was like i, I didn't really it, it tastes like to me the cheesecake you can get at walmart all right so the next day my uh allergies cleared up my cold cleared up for the most part, you know, pretty much my nose were, you know, I could breathe and I could, I had some taste. I, I, you know, I had been drinking up until then. I had been drinking nothing but orange juice, but now I can like, you know, I, I have some, some senses and some taste back. And there was a leftover piece in the fridge of that cheesecake. And I had it and it was like, you know, is this the same stuff we ate on the way home? And she was like, yeah, I was like, it's totally different. And I and I I had that thought of like wow that is it makes it you know one little thing like my nose clearing up 
give a whole new experience to something and and, and say and say if I would have just discounted that you know th- th- that uh experience and thought you know I could be talking to somebody who had cheesecake um from a cheesecake factory and they can be raving about it and I can be like eh, I had it it wasn't all that good but I didn't put it into detail well I had it but you know my nose was stopped up I had a cold I couldn't t- you know you know, you know what I mean? You you see what I'm saying? So or or even the case of the roller coaster. What if I, I rode that roller coaster and I was like chicken shit and had my eyes closed the whole time and I can say, Yeah, I didn't think it was all that. You know, I rode it. You sure you rode the same one? Yeah, I rode it. It wasn't all that. But I didn't say I didn't tell him I rode it, but I was chicken shit. I had my eyes closed. I was like holding the bar for dear life. You know what I mean? So you 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 when you when you experience things your mind have to be, you have to be open to receive, to receive all of it. So when you live your life restricting yourself to things because of what somebody, some of some, because of some box somebody else put you into, and then you just become a, you know, you know, you know how I always say you become a sheep and just, you just, okay, I'm just going to be here. I'm not going to, uh, you know, I'm not going to come out of my box. I'm just going to follow and, and not experience thing. Those are the people you hear that snap in there. You know, when they get older, they snap and they can't handle it more. They can fucking go on a killing spree or they kill themselves. Those are people that snap. Don't be one of those people. You heard it here. I'm, I'm, I'm get, you got my permission. <laughs> you got my permission because I'm important. And being that I'm important, I'm giving you permission <laughs> to uh, live an open mind. To not be so shallow about experiences, experiencing life, and and you know I'm talking shit like I'm I'm this all. There's still there. Uh, uh, this is to me. This is to me more so than it is to you. You know what I mean? Like it, it, uh, I'm I I live in my box, uh, you know, and but I I I break out on one side every once in a while. Um, but I'm trying to knock down all the walls. All right, so I you I don't want to see people writing on my timeline. Who who does he think he is? Um, giving me permission and blah, blah, because I know it's coming. So I think that's it, man. I'm at 54 minutes. My phone is ringing. I got to see who's, I, I was smart enough to put it on vibrate this time. I got to see who's calling me. And um, I hope you enjoyed this. I know I'm still all over the place, man, but sometimes my thoughts just, just, just fly and I got to, I'm, I'm in a hurry to, to get it out before I lose a train of thought. But it's going to get better. Like I said, I don't know a lot, but what I do know, I talk straight about. Hey, thanks for joining me on this episode of Straight Talk Uncut, recorded January 19, 2016. I'm Tellus. Check out tellusphoto.com. Check out some of my pictures. Uh, the Straight Talk Uncut website is going to be up. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm on, I'm on, I'm, I'm somewhere on social media. Just, just, just go. I'm, I know I'm on Facebook. <laughs> I know I got a, a Facebook page. But uh, yeah, if you wanna if you wanna send a note, if you wanna ask a question, if you wanna con- connect, contact me. The easiest way is just tell us at straighttalkuncut.com. That's that's the easiest way. You know, I check my email often, all the time, probably too much. But uh, that's it, man. Straight talk uncut. I'm tell us. Talk to you guys later.